Give the secret handshake. Check your cloaks. And remove your tinfoil hats. This is the Illuminati Social Club. The podcast you don't want they to know about. This is bullshit. This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The producer's purpose is to suggest some possible explanation, but not necessarily the only ones to the mysteries we will examine. Welcome to the In Search of series here on the Illuminati Social Club. I'm your host, Jason from Parma. Joining me from Guelph, Ontario, Canada, Mr. Oliver Oxide. Hello, all. How's everybody? I am doing well. How about yourself? Super, thanks. And from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Doc Pinko, Steve Cloutier. How's it going tonight? It is going well. Good. Excellent. Everybody sounds so cheerful. Oh, yes. Is it because we're on episode 23? <laughs> yes, it is. As he said, we are on season five, episode 23, the Lusitania. Now, I want to start this episode off with uh, something a little unexpected here. Um, I honestly think two of the best episodes this season were written... And produced by Francis Hitching. <laughs> he did the Hindenburg two weeks ago. And now he does this episode. And I got to say, he, I, I think he nailed this episode. I've changed my mind on Frank. Yeah, I, well, I'm, you it, know. It, it seems like he's got, he, he's got an interest in this area of like, like, I, th- I think I call it vehicle disasters or, you know, something possibly like, you know, World War One, World War Two history. Mm-hmm. And it, he I mean, the Hindenburg episode was fantastic. I was I was thrilled with it. And the Lusitania, this episode, I'm. I, I didn't know much about the Lusitania prior to this, but, uh, you know, hey, I think he filled in some blanks. So, uh, Oliver, what were your impressions of this episode? I'm I'm exactly like you. I um I didn't know. I mean, of course, I knew the name, but I didn't know much about the backstory. So mm-hmm. it was you know I, on these episodes, whenever I learn something, I love it. Uh, I am really tempted to go back and see if Jay if uh, Jay Francis had anything to do with the Hoffman episode too now, because it's all around the same time. The Hoffa episode. Um, the what? Hoffa, you said or. No, the uh, Bruno Hoffman, uh, oh. the Lindbergh oh. baby. One. Oh, the Lindbergh um, baby. I mean, this is really in Steve's wheel, wheelhouse, so oh, this yeah. is, you know, so I'm not, <laughs> uh, I'm going to let Steve uh, do most of the talking on this one, but I was, I I found it very, very interesting and uh, very well done. It, it kind of flowed. It was like the Marilyn Monroe one. It, yeah, it it's was. It's kind of done into, you know, it didn't feel like 22 minutes as no. we've discovered sometimes they do. Yeah. Like we'll find out. Steve, what were your impressions? No, I mean it was it was pretty good. It was it was laid out the the controversy um, that 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 about the Lusitania is pretty well laid out. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been subsequent things that obviously happened after the episode that they wouldn't know about. But you know, um, mm. as far as the episode goes, uh, yeah, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Cool. Um. My my initial uh, my my initial thought before even starting the episode, I don't know much about the sinking of this boat except it was done by the Germans. That's it. 
So here's uh here here's Mr. Nimoy. <laughs> On May 1st, 1915, the Lusitania left New York for her week-long crossing to Liverpool, England. Friends waved goodbyes on what they thought would be a routine voyage. But it wasn't. The journey ended in the tragic death of more than 1,000 Americans. Was the sinking of the Lusitania an unprovoked act of war? Why did the unsinkable ship go down so quickly? Public opinion ran high as the blame was laid squarely on Germany. But was the German Navy solely responsible? So, there you go. There's pretty pretty decent history there. Um, I, I think it went down so easily because... People called it unsinkable. Every time you call a boat unsinkable, it sinks, Titanic. Um, <laughs> well, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they weren't taking into account sort of high-explosive torpedoes. <laughs> 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 what they meant by that was that it had watertight compartments that mm-hmm. if, there, if, there were, if there was a leak in one, and they could, they could seal it off. Right. Um, you know, but that I, wasn't that the reason that the Titanic sank because they had they had chambers. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 the theory that that yeah. bec- and, and and in part because of the way the Titanic hit, hit the iceberg. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, Instead of punching a hole and it, it, it put like a yeah. scar across right. it, and then it, it it just filled up. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Jason. We I, another boat. I know. I have a <laughs> yeah. I have here, uh, no ship is unsinkable. Torpedoes have a way of making unsinkable ships sinkable. <laughs> so, um, also, also they, they do make a mistake that over a thousand Americans were killed. Not all of them were Americans. Right. Right. There were only, about a, only about 128 of them were actually Americans. Oh, okay. However, they did like to reinforce the fact that they were one percenters. Mm-hmm. Big yes. 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 Oh yeah. Um, who was it? Alfred Alfred Vanderbilt was was on the ship. Yes. Um, yes, I I have a note that says it's the bougie boat. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty damn gaudy. Um, there was apparently a warning about German U-boats in the Atlantic, which you know, yeah, that it was World War One. Well, the Germans placed those warnings. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I don't know if you have a clip about it, but. When no. right, right, right beside the announcement about the times for the Lusitania, mm-hmm. right, right beside it was a warning from the German government saying that people were taking risks traveling to England during the war. Right. So it was like right beside, right beside <laughs> the leaving times of the ship. <laughs> At your own risk. In other words, in other words, you couldn't get uh, you couldn't get travel insurance for that trip. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Lusitania it was pretty damn gaudy inside. I yeah, it I didn't was. like it. I I like plain. I like you know, I like comfortable, not ornate. Um. So, 
the, you know, they, they were using this reasoning that, you know, it was a ship coming from America, so therefore it's an American ship. But it was the RMS Lusitania. Um, last time I checked, there were no royal majesty in America. <laughs> so, yeah, no, this is a very British ship <laughs> with a lot of Brits on board. Yeah. Um, and then we meet, uh, well, we we see Captain Schreiger and his... Uh, his his half-naked U-boat crew. Um, <laughs> it gets hot in a U-boat. Yeah, I know. Um, he used up all but one of his torpedoes sinking three other ships, so he only had one torpedo left. And Well, now we meet uh, Avis Foley. For survivor Mrs. Avis Foley, a 12-year-old girl who had been traveling alone to school in England, Disaster struck with unexpected suddenness. We were enjoying a delicious lunch, which was simply marvelous. The meals were all marvelous on the boat, when suddenly the whole boat was shaken by a tremendous blow. Some people say there were two torpedoes, but my recollection is that there was only one. Well, I must have been at the wheel almost half an hour. And I heard the lookout man shout, this is torpedo coming on the starboard bow, sir. Well, it no sooner said starboard bow, sir, than that was it. And it must have been, it must have hit a very close behind the bridge. Because uh, we couldn't see one another for quite a while, for coal dust and one thing and another. And everybody thought he was going straight over. And the water started to come over the starboard wing of the bridge. And the captain said, save yourself. She was listing over to the starboard side pretty steeply. And uh, I was going to get in the, uh, this, uh, this boat here, like, or standing by it, when the fellow got excited and he was lowering his side down and the other fellow either couldn't release the ropes, like, tangled. Uh, and uh, I saw all the people emptied into the water. This fellow got panicky and lowered down and uh, emptied the people into the water. That was the next boat, uh, the one I got in, number 13. Lucky number 13 is the boat he got in. Um, so, you know, to me at first, because I, I did not know the the rest of the story, um, it sounded to me like a lucky shot uh, by the Germans, <laughs> and it turns out it was a really lucky shot. Um, or unlucky if you're the passengers. Um, <laughs> the boat sank in either 18 or 21 minutes, depending on who he asked and whose watch was correct. Um, but it was thought to be unsinkable. And as I say, please, never call a boat unsinkable. Anyone? Well, that clip does kind of show the the beginnings of the, sort of the mystery when Avis Foley set, talks about being two two, two p- torpedoes, mm-hmm. uh, but she only remembers one uh, because there's a theory that there was a, a second explosion. Right. Um, and that ties into the conspiracy theories, which yes. we'll get into later. Yep. Oliver, anything to add here? I'm just looking forward to the conspiracy theory. You know I love a good one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 
1,102 men, women, and children died in the sinking. Um, and uh, now, now we get into the conspiracy theory, I believe. Oh, no. The inquest accused the Germans of committing willful murder. No awkward questions were asked about why the Lusitania had sunk so quickly or why only 700 people had been saved. The English newspapers concentrated the blame entirely upon the Germans. Public opinion in Britain and the United States fueled reasons for involvement in World War I. Headlines proclaimed the Germans abandoned their right to be called civilized. Violent mobs demonstrated against the Germans and broke up shops owned by German nationals. Does that sound a little familiar? Like uh, maybe it would play out later on, possibly, uh, I don't know, early 40s when Pearl Harbor gets attacked and, you know, anti-Japanese sentiment gets fueled up. I mean... This is, you know, the, the, the conspiracy, you know, it, it's that conspiracy mindset that every, you know, any German owned shop, you know, any German shop owner must be on the side of the Germans. So, you know, we're going to shut them all down. Yeah, yeah it does sound familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we should point out at this particular point, the U.S. was neutral. Right. As they were from 1939 to 1941 mm-hmm. in in these world wars. Yes, um, I'm. This was not what got them into the war, was it, Steve? No, because it was something else, wasn't it? Yeah, that. Well, they yeah they they eventually eventually got in until 1917. Yeah, right. Uh, so it was like you know a year and a half, two years after after this, right? That they um, entered the war. But again, keep keep in mind too that that of course the British are going to blame the Germans. Mm-hmm. They're at war with the Germans. They want the Americans to come in because mm-hmm. they know they they know they need the American army to help beat the Germans because mm-hmm. by this point it the war, as you probably know, was became this long drawn out thing and they knew that in order to win the war they needed the Americans. Right. And the American press was getting all their news from the British. Mm-hmm. Uh and and it's during the First World War that the British government um, pr- perfected its propaganda machine. Mm. You know. Yeah. A- having said that, of course, the Germans did fire the torpedo that yes. sunk the ship. <laughs> right? Well, that yeah. Means- I mean, you know, y- yes. <laughs> S- saying that does not necessarily mean that the Germans aren't at fault. Okay. Right. So that wasn't that wasn't fake news. The torpedo no, was not fake, fake news. No. Okay. No. The, tor- the the torpedo did hit the ship. Yes. Captain Schreiger hit the ship with a torpedo. Yes. So, uh, all right. Now, now we talk about, you know, why, again, we ask, why did the Lusitania go down so easy? After she was sunk, further questions were asked. Why was there no escort? How could such an enormous vessel as the Lusitania be sunk by a single torpedo? Later in the war, a sister ship was struck by no less than 12 torpedoes and still managed to sail to port. Um, I don't know. 
Steve, well, any I think, ideas? I think we do know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we find out. Because I do ask the question here, was it carrying munitions from the United States? <laughs> or possibly Canada? Cause no, can- can- Canada was already in the war. Right. Well, if they, they were went shipping, in and, you know. Oh, that's true. They could have come from Halifax. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they could have shipped them down to, you know, uh, well, what was it? New York is where the Lusitania would have uh, would have taken off from. And, uh, yeah, just... Uh, yeah, send some send some bombs down from uh, from from Halifax, and you know, throw them on the ship. No big deal. Um. So yeah, uh, now we get in. Now we get into the conspiracy. The reason why the Lusitania sunk when she was hit by one torpedo uh, is no longer a mystery. The Lusitania was being used to carry contraband from North America to England. There is no doubt from the ship's manifest that it was a cargo of explosives. She was loaded with shells, with shell fuses, with a type of gun cotton called pyroloxene, and it was all hidden up in the forward holes. Before she was allowed to leave New York under American neutrality laws, she had to submit a manifest, that's a a list of what she was carrying, to the harbour authorities. She submitted a forgery, and the American authorities, full knowing it was a forgery, accepted it. But a true war manifest was also made, and it was locked away. When the torpedo hit, it hit the exact hole, it's called the Orlop hole, where the gun cotton was stowed. And the, the torpedo just made a lot of noise, and the gun cotton blew her bottom out. She sank in 21 minutes. So, according to that, the U.S. was fueling the British war effort by supplying munitions on passenger boats. I mean, you could see the you could see the rationale behind it. Thinking, you know, well, Germany is not going to fire on a passenger vessel. You know, it's not a battleship. It's not armed for war. But Whoops. they misjudged. <laughs> Well, especially since the Germans had warned them that yes. they were going to do it. Yeah, yes. you can't really say it's a boo boo then, can right. you? <laughs> um, but but America has a history of doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm showing my age, but uh, you know, since uh, Mossadegh got thrown uh, thrown out, and that was mostly the British in Iran in 1954. They've been supplying arms to all kinds of people under the under the radar. Mm-hmm. Anyone remember the Contras? Yeah. That little blast from the past. <laughs> and I think it's a constitutionality thing. Um, and Jason, you can maybe speak to this a little bit more because unlike in Canada, the president in the United States can't just do things unilaterally in the, in these matters. He has right. to go to the House of Representatives, right? Mm, so it's a kind of a uh, two state. No, uh, yes. That's the way it's supposed to work. <laughs> Right, I know everything's changed since 2016. Nobody knows well, how anything works anymore. Well, I, I honestly think it's been going on a lot longer than that. I think, uh, like, I, I would say Woodrow Wilson probably uh, he probably went to maybe some representatives, but not the whole House, and probably eh, talked about you know, can we get some. 
can we, can we throw some stuff on this boat, you know, to supply our allies over there and, you know. Yeah, nudge, probably, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was it possibly, uh, you know, uh, what do they call uh, 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 Oh, I can't remember the term now, but it's just basically I'm going to turn I'm going to turn this way and you know whatever gets on that boat gets on the boat you know right well, all, all I'm just saying is that America has a history of this and they learned it from the British because mm-hmm. the British supplied the south during the civil war right <laughs> all undercover as well yeah. so I mean you know uh so I mean there there was ammunition on the boat mm-hmm. right I mean I mean I mean I think I think the the guy speaking is Colin Simpson. He kind of he kind of overstates it, right? Uh, on on in search of no, yeah, I know, I know. Um, there was ammunition on it, but the the problem is that people who don't believe there's a conspiracy say that the ammunition that was there mm. was not high explosives, right? And therefore could not have caused the second explosion because essentially it was ammunition, right? Right, like bullets and things like that. Mm-hmm. That 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 was on, but that that's also on the manifest. Right, right, like not on a, a, a quote unquote secret manifest. Mm-hmm. That's on the actual manifest. Oh, okay, right. right. Um, so, but, like I say, he he kind of overstates it. it. Is that people knew that they were carrying weapons mm-hmm. or at least ammunition, right? And but people are saying the ammunition they were carrying couldn't have caused another explosion. Mm-hmm. Just by the way, can I ask a question at this point? Sure. Uh, being uninformed as I am, what is gun cotton? Uh, gun cotton is a wadding uh, used in. Uh, well, I I know that it was used in like the old muskets and stuff, and it's ba- it's it's an explosive. It's a, it is okay. It's, I think it's a high explosive, just meaning that it. It detonates really quick, and it it only takes pressure to detonate it. Ah, but okay. it can light up. It you know you can you know a a torpedo hitting the side of the boat where the gun cotton is would definitely uh, cause the gun cotton to go boom. Right. Okay. So there, there. Yeah, that's. Because they kept mentioning it, and I'm like, right. "What exactly is gun cotton?" However, as, sorry. as far you know, I, everything I know about gun cotton, I know from MythBusters. Oh, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So anyway, uh, the Lusitania's captain, Captain Turner, uh, was made the scapegoat for the disaster by Churchill and Roosevelt. Uh, ne- neither of which were uh, prime minister or president at this point. Um, no. But apparently they would be though. Uh I I just said I just said they're dick move. Yeah. Um But there was there were inquests and mm-hmm. inquests did sort of say he was responsible. Okay. Because there were certain things that he didn't do that he could have done. Right. Like he didn't zigzag the ship, for example. Right. And zigzagging the ship makes it dip more difficult for a U-boat to fire on you, mm-hmm. to hit you, because you're you're moving, you're essentially a moving target, right? And so there are a lot of things that he failed to do. Um, so whether there was a conspiracy or not, he did screw up, <laughs> right? 
Right? You know, there were things that he didn't do that he could have done to protect the ship. Um, there, there's an idea that it, you know is widely believed that this was an act on the part of Britain to bring the U.S. into the war. Um, yeah, because uh, and it, 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 that's more conspiracy than anything. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and there's always those kinds of conspiracies. Right. Like, you know, conspiracy believing that FD, that FDR knew that Pearl Harbor was going to happen. Mm-hmm. There's the conspiracy that Churchill knew Coventry Coventry was going to be flattened in the war right some of it has truth like for example with coventry the british knew there was there was a massive bombing mm. campaign coming that night they just didn't know where it was going to hit right so so that so there's some truth in it in the fact that they knew the the german bombers were coming they just had no idea where it was going where it, they were going to bomb it well i think people believe that you know because because the boat didn't get an escort Right. When it hit that part of the ocean that, you know, exactly. well, that's because the Brits wanted the the Americans exactly. to enter the war, which, you know, two years later, the U.S. entered anyway. So, yeah, I mean, and, and the thing is, I mean, we, and we talked about this with the Glenn Miller episode, um, mm. you know, why? Why didn't they look for Glenn Miller? Because they had a, there was a war. There on. was a war. Yeah. Right. I mean, we don't know. And I haven't looked this up. I, I, I probably should have. But we don't know. Maybe there weren't any ships available, mm-hmm. right? We don't know what, what what else was going on at that time that the British Navy was doing, right? And maybe they just they just physically didn't have any ships that that could provide an escort, right? So uh, then then they go into the USS Greer, which was an American destroyer that was attacked by Germany, and the U.S. fired on their their U boat. So you know, the, and this was in world this was World War Two, yeah. At this point. Um, the U.S. was still not in the war. Yeah, it was. It was a couple months before Pearl Harbor. So, right. So that's where we pick up. In spite of what Hitler's propaganda bureau has invented, in spite of what any American obstructionist organization may prefer to believe, I tell you the blunt fact that the German submarine fired first upon this American destroyer, Greer, without warning and with deliberate design to sink us. Just as the sinking of the Lusitania speeded America's entrance into World War I, the Greer incident provided the same two leaders, Roosevelt and Churchill, with reasons for stepping up America's hostilities toward Germany prior to World War II. So there you go, I guess, maybe. Um, (laughs) The problem is, after, you know, now going on, you know, the end of five seasons here, what In Search Of has to say, uh, you know, you have to fact check them. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't do that. So, eh, take take what they say with a grain of salt. Oh, I mean, one, one, sorry, go ahead. No, I just think the mark of a good episode from In, in Search of is when you don't feel you have to. Oh, I know. I but mean, you know, because it hasn't gotten too wooey. I'm, and, I'm, you I'm know. just talking about that, la- that last line there. That you Oh, know, I see. Yeah. This sink- the sinking of the Lusitania, you know, accelerated right. the U.S. into World War One. Right. And then the sinking of the Greer accelerated them into World War, you know, into Germany in the European theater in World War Two. No. Did it? Who knows? No. <laughs> no. I mean, they're... 
I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that the factors that got us into World War II on the German, you know, the European theater are probably a little numerous. <laughs> there's well, probably no, there's probably several, you know, several compounding reasons. Well, I mean, I think the main thing is is that somebody made the worst uh, military mistake in history mm-hmm. and decided to bomb a little island in the middle of mm-hmm. the Pacific. Right. And that was just but that a was well, dumb move. <laughs> well, well, we're you know I'm talking about you know the you know the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. That's reason no, but enough they were, for the U.S. to enter the Asian theater, but the European no, but, theater. But, but Japan was in the Axis by then. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, they were going to go after yeah. anybody in the Axis, right? And and both Wilson and Roosevelt wanted to join the war on the side of the Allies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that there were very much um, anti-war sentiments in the United States at the time. As he says in the beginning of, in that yep. in that clip. Yep. Yes. Yes, very... So, uh, so yeah. both presidents took, you know, like two and a half years mm-hmm. pushing this idea, mm-hmm. right? You know, um, and so to say that the, the Lusitania sped it up, it it didn't because mm-hmm. yeah because it, they didn't enter the war for another two years right right it was there there were multiple ships that were sunk by the Germans uh, with unrestricted warfare there there was um, the Zimmerman telegram which the Germans sent to the Mexicans saying that if they sided with with um, Germany and invaded the United States they would help Mexico get some territory from the United States right. Um, and that was really the thing that sort of set people off. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, uh, like we said, this this episode written and produced by J. Francis Hitching. Now, I mean, that's still it's like one of the best episodes. You know, one of the better episodes this season. Probably one of the best episodes this season. Yeah, now what's he up to? Four, four, four episodes he's done over the series. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, he, I think he's done. I think he's done. He did four in a season, but they were all woo based. Did he do four? I, I thought he'd only done two before. Bill Grundy and and uh, the water the water idiots, <laughs> water seekers. <laughs> he's water been seekers. he's been in a couple episodes too. So right, okay. I was about to say he's batting he's batting five hundred, but I guess not. <laughs> Yeah, the two episodes this season that he did were, like, really good. I'm impressed. No one is safe. So, I'm just checking one thing real quick before uh, before we before we move along here and finish this up. Uh, no, he did not. He had nothing to do with the uh, the Jimmy Hoffa episode. Or no. Oh, no, you wanted the... Uh... Bruno Hoffman. Oh, that's yeah, the right. Limber, the Limber baby. Sorry about that. Uh, it doesn't look like he had anything to do with that one either. Okay. No, Alex Pamazanov or whatever that guy's name is. No, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so. Um, anyway, anyone have anything else to add? No, just well done, uh, in search of. Well, well done, J. Frank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Oliver, tell people where they could find you on the internet. You can find me on Twitter at Oliver Oxide. Steve, anything to add? Uh, yes, Harry Truman served in the First World War. Oh, okay. 
As, as, as an artillery officer. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, tell people where they yeah. Tell people where they can find you on the internet. They can find me on Twitter at Doc Pinko. Excellent. You can find me at Alien CG, and you can find this podcast at Illuminati Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, one more episode for this season to go. Have a good week, everyone. Toodles, kids. See ya.